stories of hope and light. Hope is what gets us through these dark days. Say go, scan and go. I'm Ginny Doctor. Welcome to season five of Sacred Teachings. This special four-part season is called Stories of Hope and Light. The days are shorter now and we are going through some dark times in many, many ways. But there are stories of hope and light all around us and it's important to hear them and hold them close. In this episode, producer Lisa Berry interviews Lori Calkins about her work providing traditional birth support in Indigenous families in Alberta. And this is a great way to start the Advent season. Nyawe. Hi, Lori. Thanks for being part of our stories of light and hope. I think it's really important to focus on stories of light and hope. We hear so many stories about suffering and oppression and that that's seems to be the the way that mainstream media tells stories about indigenous people so to be able to share stories about how indigenous people are experiencing cultural resurgence and reclamation and coming to their own solutions and healing and our communities are getting stronger i think those are really important stories to also be telling and sharing. Tell us about yourself and the work that you do. I'm Métis. My family is from the Red River Settlement in Manitoba on, on both sides. Both my parents' families come from the Métis homeland. I didn't grow up in my culture. My mom's family was involved with the Real resistance. And so there were huge repercussions for my family in the aftermath of that. And by the time my generation came along. They had made the decision to not talk openly about being Métis. I think mainly to protect us from, from the family history and also just the ongoing relentless racism that Indigenous people face in this country. So I also have been on a journey of reconnecting and reclaiming my culture and, and that runs parallel with the work that I do with other families who are also many of them on this similar journey. And then I also work for the Anglican Church of Canada. I am a priest for the Diocese of Edmonton. Right now I work full time in the community. So I, I do birth support for Indigenous families on a full time basis and I love what I do. It's amazing work. What got you interested in doing birth support work? In, this, in the sense that I had come to a place where I was starting to wonder, was there a way that I could contribute to the strengthening and the wellness of my people? So that I was doing some work that would be around cultural resilience and reclamation and, and resistance and healing and that that work could maybe in some way be part of bringing about the change that's needed so that down the road we have less and less need for this trauma-related work that's so important and necessary right now 
I, I heard quite a few different elders from different nations in the aftermath of the TRC say it took seven generations for us to get here and it will take seven generations to heal. So for me, it was about thinking about where is my role in the community that can contribute to the healing, not just for today, but for the generations to come. And so these two elders that had come into my life suggested to me that I, I go back to doing birth work because that's actually what I had done before I became a priest. But I had done it in a Western colonial way as a, as a business. So I went and approached Bishop Jane and talked about what was happening in my heart and the experiences that was happening and where I felt maybe I could make a contribution and she found some funding. And, and, and so that was the opening of that door. And then I, then I had to build a, a new series of networks and relationships in the community specifically around, around birth work. I got connected in pretty quickly with a local grassroots collective called Indigenous Birth of Alberta, which was founded by a woman here named Nadi Hool. And there are, I guess there's three three main pieces to the work that, that they do, that, that now I do in collaboration with them. The, 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 the one that brings the most light and hope i think to me and, and my families most directly is is the work of the work to bring back our our knowledge around birth as a ceremony so that's related to language and practices and ceremonies and teachings and of course that's all embedded in in the bigger picture of restoring our way of life so our our, our values are our natural laws, our, our way of living in a good way on the land. It's part of us returning to a good way of living because of the fact that most of our women, all of our women in some way are accessing the healthcare system, whether they've chosen to have a midwife as their primary caregiver or, or a doctor, they have to intersect all the time with a system that's colonial and has many barriers to navigate where sometimes often there's racism or bias whether it's subtle or overt and not many caregivers still are operating out of a trauma-informed model or practicing cultural safety especially in relation to power imbalances in the system so so the work always includes addressing those things social justice work anti-racism work education work uh, systems change work on different levels with every family and then the third piece is that direct support with families which includes i think about it in terms of our medicine wheel teachings so physical emotional mental, often informational support and spiritual support because at their core our teachings are all our way of life is it's a spiritual way and and birth is a, a ceremony so it's it's wrapped up in in how we think about ourselves as, as spiritual beings. It's amazing to be a part of a family's journey to be invited into that kind of sacred journey that they're taking. I, 
I, I hear my Western colleagues talk about holding space for moms during pregnancy and especially during labor and then early postpartum. But I, I think about it as really holding sacred space for, for these families and for these birthing people. So what that looks like for them in terms of preparing for their birth and what kind of cultural pieces they want to bring in, thinking about what what is happening in this birth. Uh, we think in a very cyclical and uh, circular way rather than in a linear way, which is how I think Western our Western world teaches us to think. So I, I teach our families, for instance, at our uh, prenatal visits that mom is in a very sacred place uh, as, a, as she's expecting this baby to come because this baby is coming from the spirit world into this world and mom is the vehicle by which that happens. That happens through her, through her body. So in a way, mom is, is this connecting point between spirit and earth. And, and as babies coming into the world during labor, mom is very connected to the spirit world. So very spiritually grounded at that time. And, and her work is bringing this new spirit into this world. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what's happening in her body. And, and, I, and I, so I talk about some of the gifts of life around that with the mom. So that the first gift of life is water. And that's because nobody comes into this world without, without water. Mom has this, creates this home for baby inside her that's filled with water. And once that water breaks, Often it will trigger labor to start, or if it happens during labor, it will intensify the contractions. And that's because the letting go of that water is bringing her closer and closer. And that's why our bodies are so connected to the tides of the earth and the moon cycle, because our grandmother moon governs those tides and governs those cycles in our bodies. And then I talk about the gift of a breath, which is the first gift that baby receives after birth. And, and everybody's waiting for that first breath that baby takes. And, and the teaching that I received, uh, I actually received sitting with somebody who is dying because this is all circular so so the teaching is that when we take our first breath then creator counts all of the breaths that are to come and once we've breathed all of those breaths our last breath returns to creator as an offering and then we return to the spirit world that we came from when we entered through our, our mother's bodies so lots of similarities between births and deaths. I, I, I mostly spend my time at births, but the other big, bigger piece of my work is around helping families at the time of death is that circle of life is coming to a close. So, so 
everybody's watching for a baby to take their first breath and at the other end of the circle everybody's watching for that last breath to be taken and and then so i i try and connect that tangibly to a mom's birthing experience so when we if we're in a hospital room or if mom's having baby at home or a birthing center we think about how we can hold this space this sacred space in a tangible way so with with a smudge you know to to start things early on if we can and 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 i bring in a a shell for mom uh, usually i try and get out in the summer and, and collect shells from the rivers here just as a reminder about her connection to water and her connection to the sacred and so we'll have the smudge using that shell and then she can take that shell home with her as a connection to this birth ceremony that she had and um, I, I try and help the staff understand that there's this sacred component cultural component to what's happening so that they're able to help us hold that space and then the other other things depend on what what the moms what the families the birthing person's traditions are because all of our nations have different teachings and Edmonton is a very um, mixed group of indigenous people mostly largely Cree but lots of other nations still gathering here in this urban center Métis people as well so what what is their teachings from their nation and then even it can vary from family and fam to family. So I try and try and hear from them what's meaningful to them, and and if they don't, if they're disconnected from their teachings and those cultures, then I I get to share the little bit of knowledge that I have with them and and watch them light up, which is beautiful. Uh, just as an example, the last birth that I attended a couple of weeks ago, Mom wanted me to sing baby into the world which is something I hadn't done before so I brought my rattle into the room with the song that I'd been given and and this is in the hospital which is a challenging place sometimes to bring culture in it's set up to do one thing not and this is not the thing <laughs> uh, but as mom was starting to push, I got out my rattle and I, I, I started just singing. And, and the sound of the rattle, that swish, swish, swish that the rattle makes is, is the same sound that baby hears as blood is swishing through the, the placenta, the cord inside mom. So mom's hearing the same sound that baby's hearing as baby's coming into the world. And that, That's all mom could talk about afterwards was that that's the was for her the most imp, intense part of her birthing experience as it is for many women most women all she could hear was the sound of this rattle and this singing as her baby was coming into the world and and how much that meant for her traditionally our midwives have held those those rites of passage those ceremonies all around the circle of life and and that's what they've carried and it and facilitated for the community and so to bring those be able to bring those back now and to to our families and our communities and work towards 
having that knowledge that that can be shared by everyone re-embedded in our communities so that everybody knows the you know, moms sisters aunties friends cousins we all know as women how to support somebody through pregnancy labor and birth because the knowledge has been restored to our communities and then our midwives holding that special role and carrying those other pieces for us in our communities along with our our knowledge keepers and our elders and our cookums and their their roles that they have too and the special pieces that they bring as well it's amazing to be able to be part of have a very small part of of doing that work it's 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 so amazing to me to be able to do that thanks Lori. I cannot think of anything more filled with hope and light than the birth of a baby. Let's hear from Ginny to close this podcast. Thank you, Lori and Lisa, for the wonderful story of Hope and Light. It's a great way to begin our series by talking about a baby's journey from the darkness, but also a place of love in the womb to the light of life outside. It is our responsibility to make good light for our babes. I remember when my youngest brother was born. I was 10 years old, old enough to remember the excitement of new life, old enough to help take care of him, my mom's last baby. I guess you could say I spoiled him. We all did, but we did it out of love. I watched him grow and play. There were many trips to the woods behind our home, our playground. We all instilled values to help him become a good person. Well, our baby has a good, big heart. I watched him tenderly feed our mom when she was too weak with cancer to feed herself. He worked very hard to become a carpenter like our dad. And when he comes to visit me, I make sure he uses those skills. I have a good friend who lives on the Yukon River in Alaska. She is helping to raise her granddaughter. She is learning to haul water, how to take care of sled dogs, how to chop wood, how to track, how to cook. And at her young age, she can already drive a snow machine. I can drive a snow machine, but I either get stuck in deep snow or crash into something. All of these skills are important to that child's balance. They all fit into our circle, our balance of mind, body, spirit, and emotion. If you can't see it, think about it. I know for sure that hauling water and chopping wood were not only important to my survival, but also to my balance when I lived in Alaska. Yes, a baby brings hope and light, but it is also important for us to give our hope and light to the baby. Even in this time of darkness and pandemic, your light is there. As the song goes, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I want to 